Hey guys, welcome into the We Know Fantasy Contributors Podcast. I will be your host tonight, Cody, aka Master Smithers. And with me tonight are a few more contributors for the We Know Fantasy uh, crew. And we got Justin here tonight. Justin, how you doing? Good, man. Welcome to week three. Looking forward to it. All right. And also with us tonight is Leighton. Leighton, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing great. I'm happy to be on. This is my first podcast with y'all, so it'll I'm I'm psyched. All right. So before we move on, guys, how about you two give these guys your social media uh, handles so they can find you on social media? Thought you were gonna say social security number, and I was like, man, that's <laughs> not it's not a good start. That'd be a heck of a podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me, Justin, on Twitter at, at jfhornets25. And I am on Twitter at at LT Shlamuels, S-C-H-L-A-M-U-E-L-S. Um, and I am at Leighton Samuels Official on Instagram. All right. And as I already said, you can find me on Twitter at Master Smithers. Uh, once again, you're listening to the We Know Fantasy Contributors podcast. Uh, make sure you check out all of our great podcasts that we have going on this season. We have a ton of them. On Monday, we have the Waiver Wire Wishlist podcast with nate and zach on wednesdays we have the we know fantasy podcast featuring fantasy fro and nate uh on on saturdays we have a dfs podcast with nick the fantasy mechanic as our host and then on tuesdays layton has a podcast for us called samuels versus schlanger uh so that's a little bit of a new one for us and we're excited to get that in to our uh, rotation here and Hope you guys listen to all these great podcasts. They're all definitely worth your time listening. And also make sure you check out WeKnowFantasy.com. Lots of great content coming out there, weekly rankings. Um, I know these guys are working on tons of stuff, plenty of content for you guys to read over there. So make sure you go check that out as well. And, oh, another thing I forgot to plug is our live stream on Sundays. Uh, Usually Brian Wentworth with WeKnowFantasy, he runs a live stream on Twitch, and that's on Sundays before the game. So make sure you log on there and uh, check out what's going on over there. Ask some questions. If you have some start-sick questions, they'll be glad to answer them for you guys. So with that, we'll move into our content tonight. And we're going to do a little buy or sell tonight. So a couple of players that we're looking to buy, a couple that we are looking to sell. And we're going to follow that up with patience or panic, whether we are... Weighing it out, uh, if guys are going to turn it around or if we're panicking and and really feeling the heat and uh, that these guys aren't going to quite uh, reach our expectations for the season. So to get started, we'll start with our buy or sell, and we'll start with the buys. Uh, Justin, give us your first buy for uh, this week. Yeah, thank, thanks. I appreciate that, Cody. So, uh, you know, I'm starting off here with a guy that probably wouldn't be your typical buy low candidate. It's probably somebody you drafted as a wide receiver two, maybe even a wide receiver three, and that's Tyler Boyd with the Bengals. You've got an offense here that's almost clipped 100 passing attempts in two games. I mean, it's crazy pass volume. I don't think that's going to change. They're going to continue to throw. The Yuzuma injury is probably going to open up a little bit more target opportunity for Boyd, hopefully for Mixon for my own fantasy, um, <laughs> my own fantasy value here. <laughs> but, but you know, that, that, that Boyd 
I think Tyler Boyd is going to continue. There was nothing but good things coming out of camp with the connection between Burrow and Boyd. A.J. Green, they're kind of force-feeding him a little bit. He's not looked good to me. His route running is, has been a little bit suspect. You know, he's not coming off as good as – I mean, he's a guy that's played a handful of games in the last two years. So, I get it. He probably might be coming into stride, but – you know, I, I just see a little bit more of a thir- a little bit more than a thirteen percent target share for Tyler Boyd going down the stretch. So he's a guy you could probably get right now for a little bit on the cheap. He did score a touchdown to salvage a week salvages week last week, but you know, look for Tyler Boyd where you can get him. And I personally love that. I mean, it's kind of a strange stat, but Tyler Boyd leads the team easily with nine first downs. Like clearly, Joe Burrow already trusts him in on in those third down situations, and and like you said, with Uzoma uh, being injured, it it will I think it'll open a lot of doors for Tyler Boyd. Yeah, the target's definitely there for Boyd. Thirteen on the season, and uh, caught seven last week, seven for seventy-two and a touchdown. So nice week there. Uh, if you remember in the preseason, Joe Burrow came out and said how great Tyler Boyd has looked and how much. Uh, He's helped Burrow himself kind of improve in training camp. So, yeah, Boyd and Burrow, they seem to have a great connection, and I could definitely see this uh, continuing uh, for Tyler Boyd. And just a fun fact to throw in there, just to close out, close out on Boyd here, He, you know, he's catching the ball at an over 80% catch, catch rating right now. So he's he's taking advantage of the opportunities thrown his way. Which is the opposite of A.J. Green. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, Leighton. Hit us with uh, your first buy. Wonderful. Um, It's funny because my first buy is A.J. Green. Um, I mean, this is a guy who has has way underperformed from a fantasy point standpoint. But, uh, you know, like, uh, like Justin said, he's... He's getting targets out the wazoo. He is tied for fourth in the league amongst wide receivers in targets, behind only Hopkins, Cooper, Deontay Johnson, and Stefan Diggs. His average depth of target is 15.4, which is the highest among pass catchers with at least 17 targets. And that that might have something to do with his with his lack of production and his lack of receptions. But if you look at Joe Burrow and what he did in college last year, he was he led all of college football in adjusted passing yards per attempt. We know he can throw the deep ball. We know that's something that he specializes in. He's been playing in the NFL for two games. He's only going to get better. And I I think you want to get A.J. Green on your team before they click because I think once that connection clicks, it's it's going to go off as long as Green can stay healthy. And, um, and I actually just was able to get A.J. Green – um, I already have Kittle on a on a team, and I was able to trade Dal- Dallas Goddard and Jarvis Landry, and I might have overpaid a little bit, but with with a solid tight end already on my team, I think the upgrade from from Jarvis Landry to AJ Green was huge. Yeah, definitely. I, I talked about Boyd getting a, a great amount of targets there, but. He has 13 on the season. A.J. Green had 13 targets just last week. So <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy the amount of looks that he's getting from Burrow. And they just don't seem to be clicking or on the same page right now. And I think as the season wears on, if A.J. Green can stay healthy, I think he'll be able to turn a few more of those targets into actual receptions. 
So I completely agree with you guys on on the opportunity that's getting thrown at AJ Green. Obviously, his depth of target, he can get downfield. The one thing that I, I continue to the only reason I would not be a buy low on AJ Green right here is he has struggled a little bit. He hasn't looked the same as AJ Green, which again I'll, I'll repeat, it's not logical to think he would look like the same AJ Green coming in in the first two weeks. The one thing I will say is that offensive line has performed horribly the first two weeks. And in in some mind of mine, I'm thinking that Zach Taylor is going to look at the film and say, we got to get the ball out of Burrow's hands quick. And, and I'm hoping, you know, I'm thinking that I shouldn't say hoping I'm thinking that will turn into more for Tyler Boyd, maybe even a mixing if he figures out how to just distribute the ball around from just get about his hands. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I will move into my first buy and. And that's going to be Derrick Henry, guys. Uh, Derrick Henry getting plenty of touches right now, but just not quite turning those touches into the touchdowns that he depends on, or uh, not necessarily depends on, but that helps raise his fantasy stock right now. So he just hasn't found the end zone, and perhaps uh, fantasy owners are getting a little uh, impatient. And if that's the case, I think you got to jump on Henry right now. The amount of carries he's getting and the opportunities he's getting are just incredible. He has 56 carries on the season in just two games. So the opportunity is there. Once he falls into the end zone or gets those goal line touches, uh, his fantasy stock's only going to go up from there. So even without scoring right now, you're looking at the RB25. So right now, all he needs are touchdowns to really break through and get those uh, fantasy numbers even higher up into the RB1, RB2 territory. So I think if the Derrick Henry owner in your league is impatient, I think it's time to put an offer out there and see if you can't score him for cheap. Well, and Cody, like you said, 56 attempts leads the league. Like, opportunity is not the issue here. And, and in fantasy football, we we follow opportunity. I mean, we've seen this in years past. Derrick Henry, for, for whatever reason, he takes a little bit of time to get warmed up. He always does way better in the back half of the season than he does in the, in the, in the beginning of the season. And Tennessee's head coach is Mike Vrabel. He is a defensive mind. I think Tennessee's defense is better than what they've shown so far. And once they're playing with a lead, they're going to feed Derrick Henry even more. I couldn't agree more with this by low uh, candidate. No, I'm right here with you guys. I, I love this pick at a buy low. We're right in the middle of what, you know, we've been in fantasy for years. Well, you know, weeks one through three, you're talking about people that will really, it's, it's just hair on fire. You know, you start out 0-2, you've got Derrick Henry, he hadn't found the end zone. You know, he's getting plenty of, you know, if you're not, if you're, if the person in your league is not looking at the, baseline stats of 56 carries they mean i gotta dump this guy i gotta try to you know i draft this guy sixth overall fifth overall um i love this he's actually getting pass receptions this year too like he's actually getting the ball thrown to him darrington evans has had some injury in the beginning of the year we don't know what he's really going to be on this team there's not like that Dion lewis that came in and just stole everything from the passing game i, I love this pick if you can get derrick henry get him Absolutely. Uh, so go ahead and hit us with your uh, second buy candidate. So my second buy candidate right here is going to be Allen Robinson. 
this is a guy with Chicago who has really no one behind him. Um, everybody's, you know, I call them fantasy darlings, but everybody was kind of a little bit high on uh, um, uh, Miller coming into the year. And he, he really has just underachieved, not really done what he needed to do on the field. You've now got Maury in, in the uh, mix for the Chicago Bears. Allen Robinson has 18 targets on the year, only eight receptions, which kind of comes off at a 44% catch radius. But I did find this interesting nugget today from Sports Info Solutions. He has caught 100% of his targets that have been accurate. The Bears are still averaging 32 pass attempts a game. He's got a 28% target share. And his next four matchups are Atlanta, Indy, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. So, and even if, if you've got some early wins and you're looking at, you know, how can I set my roster up for the end of the season, going down into the fantasy playoffs, he plays Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville. Get Allen Robinson wherever you can. He's trying to get paid. He's going to show out. The only thing that worries me is that Mitchell Trubisky is throwing to him, um, which Trubisky has shown <laughs> some improvement uh, from last season. And I mean, you, you, you saw his, his com- the, the comeback in week one, like when Trubisky is on, uh, you've like this offense is going to purr. And like and like you said, Allen Robinson has caught 100 percent of his on target targets. So if Trubisky can get on target, I, I love the buy, but I just I personally don't know if that's going to happen. I would personally pass on Allen Robinson. Yeah, I don't know though. Mitchell Trubisky was Allen Robinson's quarterback last year too, and he had 98 receptions. So I think it's eventually going to click. I think uh, the Allen Robinson and Trubisky connection is eventually going to click here. He's going to get you know, a couple more receptions. Like you said, he caught all of them that he's been able to catch. So I feel like if Trubisky gets on the same page here, you know, finds this reliable target that Allen Robinson is for this team, that I think Allen Robinson is definitely going to go off here later this year. And I'm hoping even this week against the soft Atlanta defense. So we'll see how that goes uh, going forward. And so that's what you're saying. If you're going to buy him, I, I would say buy him this week. Oh, yeah, right might, now. He might go off against Atlanta. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> I think I can catch a couple passes against Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Leighton, who do you got as your second buy? My second buy, you know, two, a, a two-letter first name and a single-syllable last name is just – it's a recipe for success. So DJ Moore and AJ Green are my two buys – uh, hashtag analysis. That's that's how you know you got someone good. Guess who is also tied for fourth in the league in targets amongst wide receivers? That's right, DJ Moore. He like it. You you always want to chase opportunity, and the Panthers' defense is garbage, and they're going to be playing from behind a lot. Um, uh, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't like throwing deep, so DJ Moore is his possession guy. DJ Moore is going to be the guy getting open over the field, getting these these yards after the catch. I know, um, God, uh, Robbie Anderson has been doing that some uh, and has been yielding that fantasy success early on, but DJ Moore is his guy. He's got a 29% target share uh, amongst Panthers pass catchers. That's that's all you really need to know. And with and with Christian McCaffrey out for for potentially six weeks, I I don't know how that, that target share could 
could drop at all. It might even go up um, for DJ Moore. Yeah, DJ Moore for me definitely is a buy right now. I think you're seeing the floor of DJ Moore, honestly, right now, early in the season. Uh, you mentioned all the targets coming his way and what he's been able to do with them, uh, you know, has been a little underwhelming. Week one was underwhelming. Last week he had eight for 120. So, I mean, a little bit better there. But yeah, DJ Moore, in my opinion, I think you got to go after him now if you want to invest in a guy that has that big upside and hasn't found the end zone yet. But it's going to be coming because for the Panthers to score, they're going to have to find DJ Moore. You guys have said it all, so I'll be quick here. The one thing I'll say is he's probably a buy low candidate for the next for the next week as well because coming into that Los Angeles Chargers game, it may be tough sledding for him. But after that, you come out with Arizona, Atlanta, Chicago. I mean, I agree with this. Uh, get DJ Moore. They're going to be trailing. And they're going to throw the ball. All right, so my second buy here, as we keep moving along, is going to be Keenan Allen of the L.A. Chargers. He's got 18 targets in two games, and you saw how he looked last week in a game where Justin Herbert came in as quarterback, was able to start the game at quarterback. He looked a heck of a lot better, and so did the entire Chargers offense when Justin Herbert was in the game compared to Tyrod Taylor in week one. He seemed like a go-to guy for Herbert, and it makes sense because Keenan Allen is, it, it seems weird to say, but he's a veteran here in the league, and he's he's a safety blanket kind of for these these young quarterbacks. He's a reception guy, and yeah, I, I like what he, the potential that he has here to get even better. He's another guy that we've talked about so many guys here in the first segment of the show, they don't have a touchdown yet. And those touchdowns are definitely going to come, and his fantasy numbers are only going to go up from where they're at right now. And I think that's the key point. The reason why these guys, because we've seen both Keenan Allen and DJ Moore have good games in Week 2. But the fact that they haven't gotten touchdowns yet is the only thing keeping them as at a buy low right now. And, and Keenan Allen got double-digit targets in a game where the Chargers ran the ball 44 times. The Chargers are running a lot of plays on offense. Somehow, like, like, or clearly Justin Herbert already trusts Keenan Allen. And playing the Panthers, this might be your last chance to buy on him. So, Cody, I think you're playing for an agreement on me here, being that I have shown everybody that I'm a Chargers fan through and through. <laughs> you know, this guy is a top route runner in the league. There's not a whole lot else you need to say about Keenan Allen. I do have a little bit of hesitance about and I've got him in, in a bunch of leagues, obviously, as a homer. But, you know, the only thing is Anthony Lynn has been pretty adamant that Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter once 100% healthy that can be coach speak you know i'm you know as a charter fan i'm not really sure yet um i think if anybody is looking at tape you're looking at two different offenses from week one to week two and it's like how can you not keep justin herbert in the game we'll see this week it'll be good to you know good to see the rookie out there after a week when a defense is really planning for him it's the panthers so uh, you know kind of curb it a little bit I like the Keenan Allen buy, but I am just a little bit hesitant just to see how that quarterback situation shakes out because when Tyrod's in the game, Keenan is going to have is going to be hindered. 
Well, and Anthony Lynn needs to say that. You, you have doctors saying that Tyrod Taylor should be out indefinitely until a certain point. If Anthony Lynn says anything but the the job is Tyrod Taylor's, that's it's just it's bad team culture for Anthony Lynn. A veteran should not lose his job due to injury, especially when that injury, even if it is not the rarest occurrence for stuff like that, it was it was a team doctor's fault. Like for Anthony Lynn to immediately say that Justin Herbert is the guy just would not be right. I think that Justin Herbert is going to play at least a few weeks. I think he's going to do really well. And at that point, you won't be able to keep him off the field. No, that's a, that's a really good point. And I completely agree with you. I mean, you've got a former NFL guy, so there's no way that he's going to go against – he's not going to publicly come against a guy that, that had to be benched because of injury. So I completely agree there. I do think Herbert can win this job – with a couple, you know, obviously he comes out and does what he's supposed to do against the Panthers, goes into Tampa Bay in week four. He gets a win against TB. You know, it's going to be real tough to sit him down. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. So we'll go ahead and move into our cells. And Justin, you want to start us off with your first cell? Yes. Absolutely. So everybody's going to think this is complete blasphemy when you talk about selling a top a top person on the top offense being the Kansas City Chiefs but I would sell high on Tyreek Hill the reason I would do that is if you take away the two touchdowns he scored in the last two weeks his numbers have been fairly pedestrian for a guy you probably drafted in the first round um, if you have some wide receiver depth, I would potentially flip Hill for somebody, a top running back. It just depends on what you need. Obviously, when you talk about these buy sales, we're not talking about people that uh, we're saying dump these guys, you know, take whatever you can get for anybody. What I'm saying here is traditionally Tyreek Hill has scored a wide receiver three value in 45 to 50 percent of the games in the last three years. He's a boomer bust type guy from a wide receiver one type perspective where if he doesn't break loose on a 50-yard touchdown, he may or may not get you there from what you're expecting from where you drafted him. So Tyreek Hill is going to be my first sell. Uh, I, I, have a, I have a question for you regarding that. Like who, who would you take – and, and I guess I'm thinking, uh, because obviously if you're looking to fill out running back, he's, he'd be a perfect sell-high trade chip. But, like, uh, wide receivers that you have around even with him in fantasy points right now, like, you have Julian Edelman up there, you have John Brown up there, you have Terry McLaurin up there. Like, would you rather have Terry McLaurin or Juju Smith-Schuster over Tyreek Hill? I would not have Juju, I would potentially think about Terry McLaurin only for the target distribution. You know, I think Terry McLaurin is the only really real pass catcher in that offense. I'm not saying I would do that trade. I would, I would think about it. Mm -hmm. What Really, I would only trade Tyreek Hill if I was a little bit weak at running back and I could potentially flip him into a top guy. I say, and the guy I actually wrote down is potentially flip into like a Kenyon Drake. That's nice. Yeah, I could see that. And I, I, I think that would be great. I, but I'm also of the mind, like, in general, if you can flip a wide receiver for an equal value running back, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. Tyreek Hill, you mentioned it, Justin. Uh, he He's a boomer bust guy. He's a guy that he's 
if he doesn't go out there and get that touchdown or get that super long reception, you're probably disappointed with what you ended up getting out of him. So the opportunity here to sell is definitely it's definitely here right now with the back-to-back touchdown weeks and the double-digit fancy points and and all that stuff. So, yeah, if if Tyreek if trading Tyreek Hill for a running back makes your team better, then yeah, I absolutely have no problem packaging him or or getting a package in return for him that's going to help improve my team in the long run. And if I'm if I may add on to that just a little bit, like what I'm saying here is you've got a name and an offense that is going to sell itself. So like if you've got some wide receiver depth and you potentially can flip him into a big running back, that doesn't mean that you couldn't potentially get a a wide receiver back that could potentially be a stash on your bench and and turn into something. I'm thinking, you know, maybe a Russell Gage, maybe a, you know, just one of those guys that somebody would think is just a kick in, but it really adds some value to your team. High upside guy, yeah. My my only hesitation with trading away Tyreek Hill, and you talked about this earlier with a different player, that fantasy playoff schedule, the last two weeks of the of the fantasy season, I I, I think 15-16, New Orleans and Atlanta, and you love that. Um, so a, a boomer bust player who I could see booming in the fantasy playoffs is a tough sell. But like you said, to get a top-end RB, absolutely. All right, Leighton, who do you got as your first sell? I am looking to sell the entire Buffalo Bill offense. Like, get get Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Like, if, uh, So first of all, regarding Josh Allen, quarterback depth is always going to be insanely deep when compared to running backs and uh and wide receivers so if you can flip josh allen for a high-end running back or wide receiver do it if you look at last year um yeah well first of all this year he has faced the miami dolphins and the new york jets those are both bottom of the barrel defenses in this league last year he had the lowest completion percentage among 32 qualified qbs last year he was 26th in yards per attempt um, which if you're looking at Diggs, who as a uh, style of wide receiver, he is more of a deep threat than a possession receiver. Um, certainly that downgrades John Brown. And last year he was fifth in bad throw percentage, according to f- uh, pro football reference. Uh, and he was within one percentage point of being worse than the league in that stat. He has trouble throwing the ball. And you can say he's fixed that this year, but it's been a bit against bad defenses And if you're going to sell these guys, I think now is your absolute best opportunity to do it. I mean, Gardner Minshew might not be in the uh, in the free agent pool anymore because of his matchup with Miami tonight. But like you can almost all I, I think you can find someone on waivers right now who will get you almost as much consistency as Josh Allen. Plus, you could you could uh, you could trade Josh Allen for at least an RB two or a wide receiver too. Yeah, I can't get behind this one right here. I'm 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 a big Bills guy. I'm a big believer in the in the Bills offense this year. When they brought Stephon Diggs in, man, I was ecstatic. I thought that this was going to fix Josh Allen, and to this point, it has. I agree. It's been against some shoddy defenses, but I. I was very bullish on Stefan Diggs coming into the year. I had him as my wide receiver 12 entering the year. And I just, the way that these guys have connected so early on, 
the amount of targets that Diggs is seeing right now. I know he has in the past had those games where he just kind of disappears. And then he also has those games where he comes out and puts up huge numbers. But I just think that Allen and Diggs, this combo is going to click and it's going to keep working this season. If I end up being wrong, then uh, I mean, the, the, it's not going to show very well on me, but I, I think that this duo is big and Josh Allen, I wouldn't trade him for anything. <laughs> Rush, rushing, rushing yards and, and rushing ability is huge in, for fantasy quarterbacks and the amount of rushing touchdowns that he produces and the amount of rushing yards. It's just, it's a big deal for me to have that kind of production on the ground. It just helps out so much more. It, they're so coveted, those, those rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. So I, I'll, I'll agree from my end on the Diggs side of things. I, I'm with you, Cody, on the Josh Allen thing. I'm going to hold on to Josh Allen. You know, rushing yards are king in the quarterback realm. So if you can get guys that can run the ball, it's great. He obviously is still a, a top target for them when they get in the red zone. They get inside the five-yard line and he can run the ball into, into, into pay dirt. Um, the digs thing, you know, I, I think as it gets colder in Buffalo, you're going to see a little bit more of a shift to the run. They're not going to just be airing it out. Obviously, their schedule is going to get a, bit, a little bit tougher. So I can see the digs one. So I agree with you there. But Josh Allen, yeah, I'm holding. That is all fair. But Josh Allen specifically said in the preseason that he wanted to run less this year. And while that hasn't been the case so far. Um, I think that he is at least going to start looking for his future. He's, you know, everyone's seen what what has happened to to Cam Newton and how injuries pile up. I think Josh Allen is a an NFL talent, um, and I would not be surprised if he and the coaching staff this year try to get him to take fewer hits. Um, but hey, ride that wave while you can. Um, and if you're in a league with Cody. Trade him, Josh Allen. Get, <laughs> get a wide receiver running back. <laughs> <laughs> it would work. It would probably work. <laughs> All right. So my first cell candidate tonight is Robbie Anderson. There has literally never been a better time in the history of Robbie Anderson's career to sell high on him <laughs> than right now in fantasy football. Coming off back-to-back 100-yard games, he looks amazing right now. He's got... He's catching 83.3% of the passes that are thrown his way from Teddy Bridgewater. That's Michael Thomas-esque, you know, that that high catch percentage. And that's what he's done and been able to do in the first two weeks of the season. Don't forget, though, Robbie Anderson has had a history with injuries. And it just seems like every year there's a soft tissue injury with Robbie Anderson. He's like a ticking time bomb, in my opinion. To as when he's going to blow that hamstring out and be done for a couple weeks, and there you are stuck with him on your bench with nothing to, uh, you know, n- nothing to show for it. So I think right now is when you have to sell Robbie Anderson, sell him high. He's I forget exactly what he is like, wide receiver five or something like that right now. So yeah, get your hands on or get your hands off of Robbie Anderson. <laughs> sell him, sell him now. Uh, for what you can i couldn't agree more you you you, eh, i couldn't agree more because dj more bad jokes going into this one i mean dj Moore is going to be the guy uh this is as much value as robert anderson is going to have all year sell high get rid of him i couldn't agree more cody 
So the only thing I'm going to say here is because Christian McCaffrey is not a part of this offense for the next four to six weeks, and that's a four to six weeks that we don't know could turn into eight weeks. You know, we're hoping four to six weeks for all you McCaffrey owners out there. But this offense is going to have to pass the ball. Mike Davis had eight receptions last week. Yeah, whatever. You know, I, you know, it, it could happen. It could con- continue to do that. Bridgewater has checked the ball down to Kamara a lot when he would come in the game for the New Orleans Saints in, in his past. But Robbie Anderson is getting those deep balls. He's getting a lot of air yards in his targets. They're going to throw the ball. You know, you you probably could hold on to him a little bit. You know, I, I agree with the sell high here going into the Chargers game um, because I do believe in that secondary. Uh, not being biased there, I do believe in that secondary. Um but I, I do think Robbie Anderson has some fantasy value. They keep saying Curtis Samuel is going to get a little bit more of the offense. I don't agree with that. I mean, obviously the guy was, you know, he was the guy that everybody was on last year, myself included. Um, so Robbie Anderson's there to stay, I think. You know, he is at his peak value for trade. So I agree from that standpoint. But if you want to hold on to him, I don't disagree with that either. Yeah, Curtis Samuel, they've been trying to make him a thing for a year and a half now, and it's 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 not going to happen. <laughs> he was my, to quote Matthew Barry, my fantasy ride or die last year, obviously. Oh, no. Died. <laughs> <laughs> died. <laughs> All right, Justin, who you got as your second sell? So I'm splitting hairs here when I talk about sells, but I'm I'm going to go with Chris Carson here. What? And, and the reason I'm going with Chris Carson is his value has really been through TD receptions. Russell Wilson is obviously going wild. It, it's you know you don't even have to watch the games to know that Russell Wilson is going crazy. He is 14% touchdown to pass attempt ratio right now. That is crazy. It's going to come back to earth. He's going to spread the ball around to those wide receivers. Chris Carson in the in his three years in the league before this has maxed at two touchdowns, two tu- two reception touchdowns for his career. Like that's the been the most he's had in his career. He's already eclipsed that in this in two games. I don't expect this to continue from the touchdown perspective. I do think he'll be part of the passing game. However, like we just said with Robbie Anderson, he is at his peak value right now if you want to try to flip him for somebody. He has not ran the ball that well. That offensive line still has its problems. Russ is actually throwing the ball a lot this year. I don't see this offense going away from that until somebody maybe beats them up. I don't even know that that's really going to happen. They're playing Dallas this week. I'm – mortified at how, how bad Russell Wilson is going to give it to me in fantasy. So, you know, it, it this is something that, uh, you know, try to get some value here. I, I, I just think Chris Carson is at his highest point right now, and you could potentially flip him into some good value. I think you are an absolute madman. I mean, <laughs> you're talking about a starting running back on one of the most high-powered offenses in the game and in a clear cut starting running back is hard to come by. Like a lot of these are split up between your, your, your first and second down guy. And you got your, your pass catching back on third down. Chris Carson is doing everything this year. Kyler, Carlos Hyde is no threat to steal rushes. And as soon as, as soon as the, I, I think Seattle's played in some competitive games so far, uh, when Seattle has a lead, he's going to be running the ball upwards of 25 times. Like his 
his rush uh, his rush attempts have been low so far this season compared to what he's done in the past. I am I am psyched if I have Chris Carson, and I would not want to be giving him up. Yeah, I agree with Leighton here. I'm not selling Chris Carson right now. It's like you mentioned, Leighton. It's, it's so hard to find that workhorse running back for your team, and Chris Carson is that right now. And you mentioned, you know, once he gets into these matchups where the Seahawks can easily win the game, we're talking about, you know, they have Miami on the schedule, Minnesota's on the schedule. Uh, we'll throw in San Francisco on the schedule just because I know Nate's listening right right now but <laughs> but yeah they got these games where they'll be able to probably handily win and and you're gonna see his production go way up i think in in these games from where it is right now yeah, so the one thing i'll say go ahead i was just gonna say san francisco's lost two of like key defensive linemen chris carson's gonna run all over them so the schedule, they, their schedule does get get a little bit tougher on the back half of their of the year. The one thing I'll say is the same thing we said about Robbie Anderson, though. There is potential, and Chris Carson has shown for getting some of those little injuries that will just pop up and and kind of hinder him from here to there. The ankle injuries, the knee injuries, hamstring injuries, um, and then if you go into it where Seattle bumps up that ru- that rush total, does a little bit of his fumble bug come back, and then he kind of you know he gets. Carlos Hyde gets a little bit more of the carries. Again, I'm splitting hairs with this guy. He's done amazing. I would probably hold him, but he's a sell-high candidate for me because maybe you can flip him into something. All right, Leighton, who do you got as your number two sell candidate? My number two sell, and I'm also probably going to get flack for this one. Um, It'll be my turn. Justin, we're done beating you up. Uh, Nick Chubb, get him off your team. He, he, so in in the last game in a in a game in which Cleveland had the lead for seventy eight percent of the game, like with, with a minute left in the first quarter, from there on they had the lead. That is a Nick Chubb like wet dream world. I don't know if I can say that. That's kind of terrible, but that's what Nick Chubb wants. He only had twenty six point three PPR points, and I say only because Kareem Hunt had twenty four point one. Kareem Hunt is supposed to be the guy, and you saw it in the first game, he gets more opportunities when Cleveland's playing from behind. You want, if you're a Nick Chubb owner, and you're watching that game last week, you want to see 10 of those Kareem Hunt points go to Nick Chubb. So if, if Nick Chubb isn't going to significantly outperform Kareem Hunt when they're ahead by that much for that long, I'm really worried about when the poor Cleveland defense has them playing from behind for... I think a lot of the rest of the season, his value is at an all time high after that last game, all time high, two week high um, (laughs) early in the season. But uh, I think you're going to be hard pressed (laughs) to, to get more for Nick Chubb than you would right now. And if it means you can get Kareem Hunt plus someone else, I'd I'd take that trade in a heartbeat. Yeah, this one's so tough for me because I do believe that Kareem Hunt is a better running back in that backfield. And deserves the majority of the touches but i was i was just one week away one bad (laughs) performance away from saying all right nick chubb i'm completely done with him i'm getting rid of him and now he comes out and has 22 carries 124 yards two touchdowns it's so frustrating to he's just so frustrating to own i feel like and uh it's it's so tough for me whether i want to trade him or not 
or if there is even somebody interested in my leagues that I can I can ship him off to. Uh, is he really, you know, it's just so, it's tough for me. You know, you look at the schedule, they have Washington. In the fantasy playoffs, they have the Giants and they have the Jets. So those are all games where Chubb is probably going to be the guy that's putting up those big numbers. So it's tough for me whether I want to hold him or not. I'm probably holding him for now and see where the season takes me. But Nick Chubb, like I said, I think Hunt is the more talented back in that backfield. Man, I want to be in a league with you, Cody, because we disagree on all of these things. (laughs) Well, the first thing I'm going to say is I absolutely agree with both of you that Kareem Hunt is the better running back in that offense. Um, And it's just because he can do – all things. He's a three. He's a true three down back. I mean, this guy came in as a rookie and was the leading rusher in the NFL. Plus, he could catch the ball. I mean, so Nick Chubb's a little bit. I, it's not really his fault. You know what I mean? The situation fell there. I, you know, I'm actually not going to disagree with you here. I think you should sell high on Chubb. But one thing I would say is, I. Th- think that offense in Cleveland really showed in week two what it should be for the rest of the season. I think it's going to be less Baker throwing the ball, rolling out, trying to chuck it downfield, and more, hey, we've got two of potentially the top ten running backs in the NFL. Let's run it down people's throats. And it was one thing that I said in, in an earlier podcast where – what is this going to be? Is this going to be potential New Orleans Saints, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara type role where, you know, the Kamara type would be a hunt. The um, Ingram part would be Chubb between the tackles. And you're just going to see them rack up running back points through fantasy the entire season. If they continue to do the distribution the way they have and this this offensive line gets better, which I think they will as they get healthy and they get they gel more, you know, I it's it's a tough it's a toss up for me. I can see selling high here, but I can also see holding this because, you know, Stefanski's gonna run the ball. All right. So we'll move to my Second sell, and that is going to be Leonard Fournette. I'm going to stick with the overperforming running back theme that we have going on right now. <laughs> and he's coming off what I believe will probably be his biggest game of the season. He had 100-plus rush yards against the worst rushing defense in the league. So his, I think that's what you're going to – like that's the max you're going to see from him this season. I think – You look at Ronald Jones still being a part of that backfield. I think he's still going to take a couple touches away from him. Fournette's not going to get a bunch of passing game work because that's LaShawn McCoy. He's been in there getting receptions here and there for these guys. So Fournette, I think he reached his peak with the Bucs, and I think now is the time to sell. I think think you're a madman for thinking that Ronald Jones is still the guy. I mean... Oh, I don't. I don't think he's still the guy, but he's still a guy, and he's still going to get a couple carries. Yeah, I. I think over time, Fournette is going to take over this offense. Like already in the last game, he had uh, he had five more rush attempts and three more targets than Ronald Jones. And last year, Leonard Fournette, while having a mediocre season, was still third best in the league in yards after first contact. He's also so so he's still a monster of a running back. 
he's proven both with the Jags and now with Tampa Bay that he is a better pass catching back than uh, Ronald Jones. All he has to do is win over Tom Brady. If Tom Brady says, I want Leonard Fournette back here with me more, I can guarantee you Leonard Fournette will be in that backfield more often. You you just kind of hit the nail on the head right there if Tom Brady says. And obviously, Leonard Fournette is already getting some love on Tom's IG. So, you know, you're already seeing <laughs> that, a little bit. That's it right there. Yeah, you're already seeing a little bit of the love. I You know, I'm, I'm holding Leonard Fournette. I, I think where you drafted Fournette because of the problems that he had with the – if you drafted him a little bit earlier, I could see selling high. If you waited on him because of the problems that you had at Jacksonville, knowing he was going to get traded, not knowing where he would go, hold Leonard Fournette. He gives you some really good depth for your running backs, and I do believe he's going to win this backfield over. And the whole thing I'm thinking of here is the Tampa Bay offense, while they are going to pass the ball a lot, and Leonard Fournette has, you know, caught the, he caught the ball well against Carolina. So obviously take that with a grain of salt. But they will be in scoring situations and they will need to run the ball in the red zone at some point because people will be keying on pass plays. They're going to protect Brady. Um, the offensive line is okay. It's a mediocre offensive line, about middle of the pack in the NFL. So, you know, he's going to have some scoring opportunities. The one thing uh, that gets a little bit troublesome is Bruce Arian seems to just want to be like, you know, whoever does not fumble the ball or do something stupid will be my lead guy. And it will be a little bit of a toss-up for the year. But I would I would probably hold right now. All right, guys. So unfortunately, we are already over on time. Uh, oh, so gosh. so I think we'll we'll save patience or panic for maybe next week or another week. Um, so we are going to sign out here for this week. Uh, once again, make sure to check out WeKnowFantasy.com. Tons of content coming out for you guys on there. Check out the lineup of podcasts coming out on Mondays. It's the Waiver Wire Wishlist podcast. On Tuesday, Samuel versus Schlanger podcast. On Wednesday, We Know Fantasy podcast featuring Fantasy Fro. On Thursdays, it's a We Know Fantasy contributors podcast. And then on Saturdays, the DFS podcast with Nick Fantasy Mechanic. Don't miss any of them. And also Sundays, the lo- the live stream on Twitch. Brian Wentworth runs that for us. Don't miss it. Get uh, you know get as much fantasy content as you can. There's no such thing as too many fantasy football podcasts, right? So Darn make sure sweet. you listen. That's right. Make sure you're listening to all that stuff. So before we sign out, guys, you want to hit these guys with your social medias one more time? Yeah, absolutely. So again, that's just Justin at, at JF Hornets 25. Look forward to it. And let's get some Minshew mania in the second half. Oh boy. I got, uh, I got at Leighton, sorry, at LT Schlamuels on Twitter and at Leighton Samuels official on Instagram. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the Contributors Podcast, y'all. All right, and you can find me on Twitter, at Master Smithers. And until next week, we'll see you guys later.